You have a tremendous problem. The first thing, always, that they mentioned to me, Mr. Trump, please do something. We may not like it, but I heard parts of the Spider-Man show. And we're going to work with you people to help you solve that very big problem. You're listening to Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and Ola. I plead guilty to being Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <laughs> And I will be your pilot on this episode of Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show Podcast. We'll be taking a look back at episode 102 that first aired on 2-11-16. Yeah, the Swingers episode. It featured actor Ken Jeong from the Hangover movies and a ton of TV shows like Community and Dr. Ken. Uh, actress Kate Flannery, best known as Meredith Palmer from The Office. Uh, stand-up comedian and former SNL cast member Jim Brewer and live musical guest, Mirglas. Yeah, so let me do the introduction duties now. With me is our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Let's hear a chuckle or two from you, you know, to get things started. Okay, then. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's it, really? Uh, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, well, now let me bring on our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Say hello and let me move on. Uh, very well. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is... And now I have to acknowledge our show's intern, Chance. Um, uh, go ahead and brag about yourself if you feel the need. I, I know you Gen Zers have this need to share every moment of your life on social media. Uh, so share a bit of yours right now on our show. And make sure your content is actually interesting. Yes! Well, I don't do social media, Spud. If you really knew me the real chance you would know that i took down all of my accounts last year i've decided to become a private person doing your radio show and now this podcast has generated more than enough attention directed my way there is a point where oh, really? enough is enough i just can't respond to all of the message and emails i was getting so i've decided to go dark at least for now really the voice of this generation has chosen to go low profile. Hey, what will the 10 or 15 followers you have, you know, do, you know, to get from day to day? You'd be surprised to know how many Just people asking. I've touched. Well, I've actually touched a lot of people over the few years on this show. I've made every effort to not throw it in your face. I mean, I wouldn't know what it feels like to be you, Spud, to be so inconsequential in your career and life too i guess the upside for you is you're about at the end of your journey and it'll be over soon oh babe babe no need to punch down at spud like that it's just not productive for you at all keep your eye on the prize and be the best you can be Okay, Dorothy. Um, hey, you little whippersnapper. I am not kicking the bucket anytime soon, so no need to be concerned about me. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Now let me return my focus to this episode we're, we're taking a look back at, the Swingers episode. Uh, so, so when we recorded this one, uh, you know, I was kind of desperate back then to try out any social situation that would accept me as I was, I was pretty lonely. Okay. I'm, yeah, this is the truth. Uh, I didn't know much about this scene, so I solicited input. From, yeah, a questionable source, our show's orchestra, Accordion Joe. You know, to the new listeners who may not be familiar with Joe, uh, you know, he had opened each and every episode of our cable TV show back in the day. And when we started up the radio show, you know, I knew I owed it to him to, to, to let him participate in some way. So we recorded him and, and still to this day play his opening before the show begins. Um, but you kind of got to understand this dude is really different uh i mean he is i think the world's only accordion playing elvis impersonator and i know for a fact that he still goes to the grocery store or even to the doctor's office fully dressed as elvis yeah i mean this guy has like three main wigs he wears out uh you know one's a fairly standard pompadour 
The second one's a pretty big mass of hair, like maybe six inches high. And his third one is, well, I mean, I, I could say gigantic. I mean, it's maybe 10 inches high and four or five inches wide. You know, he, he, he can hurt someone if he turns into your face while walking around, um, you know, because he puts on a, like a, seems like a couple cans of Aquanet extra hold. It's like cement. And I, I ran into it. So I he did it to me numerous times over the years. So anyway, you know, he, he was allowed to call in on this episode and, and give his worthless input on this topic. In hindsight, yeah, not a wise choice. But, you know, what can I do now? Anyway, it's still a really good episode. Yeah, well, I continue to this day to feel the same as I did when we did this episode. It was wrong to discuss on the air this this swinger scene. It, it was and still is very inappropriate. Um, um, you suck! Uh, let's just play a bit of, uh, of the opening segment of the episode. Uh, please, Dave, hit it. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. You know, some in the radio racket would never admit that they are a loser, you know, on the air. And I understand why, as no one wants to hear a pity party live on some show. But I see no need to pretend I'm some player who has women everywhere, like a lot of guys in this business. Why not be honest about it, right? Well, you know, I was aware your romantic life is very sad, but I'm surprised you're sharing this with our listeners. Some might feel this would be an embarrassing announcement. As There are all kinds of perversions. You know, it, it pretty much labels you as completely incompetent in human relationships. And that's very tragic. So well, I think geez. you're quite brave. When you put it like that, maybe I should, you know, rethink this sharing of my love life with everyone. Well. You know, I, I actually, yeah, now, now that I think of it, I read in Red Book that mm -hmm. once it gets known on the street that you're damaged goods, it's tough to turn it around with women, you know, because they can smell the desperation like a new car freshener oh, whenever yeah. you walk into a room. Americans love know. a winner. It, it's, it's the end of the road for, for, for guys like... You know, like me, basically yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And the only option left is to pony up a few hundred grand and rent an Eastern European wife. And depending on how long the cash lasts, I guess, because uh, I guess it's, it's, it's sweet while it does last, but, you know, when the bank account is drained, it can get really ugly. You know, I I've told you on many occasions that our church has a mixer night once a month. Now, there are not many women in your age range, for yeah. sure, because, you know, most of them are happily married. But it wouldn't hurt for you to show up a few times just to check it out. I, I bet there could be a single woman there who maybe you know, has ha also had some tough luck in love. Yeah, but you said if, if I went to any Mormon church events, I would mm -hmm. have to wear a white shirt and a tie, and that's a deal breaker. But there's nothing wrong with a nice shirt and tie. Certainly it's nothing to make a grown man cry. And even if they threw in a cummerbund, it shouldn't cause you to die. You know, I, I suppose you could try a bolo tie if you remain bolo? so opposed to a nice red tie. And, and you could get away with a light blue dress shirt, too, if you insisted on pushing the envelope. No, if I go and, and meet a woman there, you know, you know she's going to ask me all sorts of personal questions, like like well, how many kids I want, yeah. and the number zero will mean game over. Besides, you know how I feel about answering questions. I am a talk show host. I ask the questions. Well, that is clearly not conductive to a healthy relationship. That oh. is messed up, yo. Say, uh, say, Spud, they're telling me Accordion Joe is on the line, and I guess he has something important to tell you. J Joe, are you on the line? What do you want? Can this wait till after the show? Well, I've been listening and feeling your pain, Spud. So I just wanted to let you know I recently found a pretty cool place to meet people. Yeah. You know, for the last decade or so, I've been going through a dry spell myself with the ladies. Yeah, I'm aware of well, that. You know, I'm a little bit older than you are, Spud. Yeah. And I will tell you, these senior dances, everybody say are gold mines? <laughs> well, they're wrong. Times have changed. But a friend of mine told me about this club they have here in Spokane, and I heard they have a couple in Seattle area too oh boy is it fun uh, joe, joe i'm not a joiner so the kiwanis club or the masons are out for me i'm uh, it's not my speed as you know i am a kiwanis member and and it's a great civic organization i might be able to pull some strings for goodness sake get Carol. you into our strings? Well, wait a minute hold on here oh this place is much much more fun than a kiwanis club I'm sure some of your listeners have been to one in their hometown, as I guess these things are all over the place. I mean, really? they're everywhere. I mean, like even in Utah. Oh, 
Well, well, hold that thought as right now I have to play some music. Just hang on hold for a while until, until I can get back to you, right? And now, now your story about this place isn't going to be like really boring, is it? Like when you join that skeet shooting club and you're always bugging me to go with you? Because, you know, shotguns continue to make me very nervous, very nervous. Uh, Spud, you're going to have to trust me on this one. Fine, okay. Put you on hold, okay? All right. Okay, about the music. Uh, this. Well, I think the mistake you made back then was taking any advice about improving your sex life from Accordion Joe. I don't want to get into it on the air, Spud, but I've had to deal with his unsolicited advances over the years. Nothing serious. Just having to say no to him all the time about going out with him to, oh, you know, dancing, bowling, Hmm. putt-putt, bridge tournaments, parades skateboarding, just about any activity you can name. He was relentless. I never told you about this. I I guess you didn't. I didn't, and it doesn't surprise me at all that Joe got into the swinger scene. He craved companionship more than anything else. That's so hot. Uh, You know, I'm just so disappointed in this discussion. Uh, What's next? A discussion about necrophilium? I I think it's pronounced necrophilia, and why does it seem only baby boomers are into that stupid swinger scene? I don't think it appeals to people who don't have issues with cataracts. Yeah, let's, let's move on to my interview with Ken Jung. Um, I believe this is the first time Ken was on our show. Uh, you know, his backstory before he got into show business is really interesting. He, he was a highly respected doctor of internal medicine. He, he worked at a hospital in L.A., you know, while also doing stand-up comedy in the area. Uh, you know, that, that would be really weird if you dropped into, like, the comedy store or the improv and suddenly, you know, see your doctor who's dealing with your heartburn, heartburn issues, you know, up. Up on stage, tossing out one-liners. Uh, yeah, maybe that's just me, but uh, but it would be kind of cool, too, at the same time. Th- this man is just multi-talented. Dave, uh, run my interview with Ken. Ken Jung, welcome to the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I-, I like saying the name of the show because my name's in the title. So let's talk about your show. <laughs> let's talk about your show, Dr. Ken, now airing Friday nights on ABC at 8.30 p.m., 7.30 Central. So you're all in on this one, right, Project? I mean, the whole project, creator, writer, executive producer? Yeah, I mean, I'm happily all in on this project. This has been, this has just been so surreal to, I'm on set right now calling you from my dressing room. Well, I, I know you've heard this one before, but you may be the only actor on television that can truly say you are a doctor and you play one on television. Uh, this is about your life, yeah, correct? Yeah, 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 it's loosely based on my life. I co-created the show, co-wrote the pilot, and, and, and definitely had a specific vision for the show. And it has been... But the vision also is malleable. In television, you know, you have to go with the flow. And people like Dave Foley, in particular, who um, played my plays my boss or one of my bosses on the show, he was portrayed to be a little bit more evil than the character he has evolved to be. And because Dave Foley is so likable, and also because he brought such a humanity to the role, we we changed it, you know. And and I think it's really important in television not to be so stubborn with your ideas you know i think that's so important you have to go with the flow on everything and that includes my own character that includes my own stuff too you have to be able to give up stuff that you really were attached to because it's not good for the show right well let me hit you with one more medical question you you've been on a bunch of sets over the years now in your career in the entertainment industry as an internal medicine physician have any of your fellow cast members you know maybe some hypochondriacs asked for a free consultation after an upset stomach or cramps uh, three words all the time. That happens all the time. So okay. I, I get hit up for medical advice all the time, and I happily divulge because you know I don't practice anymore. And you know, being a physician will always be a part of me. Obviously, it is since I have a show called Doctor Ken. So being a being a physician has always you know it's it, it will always be a part of me. Much like Mr. Chow, I'll ever forever be known as Mr. Chow in in film. I'll always be known as the doctor, you know, whether it's on TV or in real life. Yeah. Right. Well, a true story, your wife actually pushed you to put your medical practice aside and go for it with a showbiz career because you have to be the luckiest husband in the world finding that woman. Yeah, my wife practiced. She's a doctor herself, and after I filmed Knocked Up, she knew that, you know, it, it's, 
either either I either I pursue acting full time or I don't. She goes, if you don't pursue acting full time after knocked up, you never will. Because right. I I built that while having my day job, so I was kind of scared to quit my job, and and it was my wife who really encouraged me to do it. She okay. goes, you just work with Judd Apatow, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen. Um, what's good? What's it going to take for you to <laughs> to uh, to do this full time? You know. Well, well, after after experiencing, you know, the production schedules of major studio films, how tough an adjustment was it for you to now do a weekly network sitcom like Dr. Ken? Because, you know, as executive producer, do you find yourself pressuring the actor, Ken, to pick things up on the set as time is money? Um, you know, it's, it's true right now. And, and, and um, it, 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 I, I do have to wear different hats, and I think of myself... Very differently. It's funny you say that because when I'm doing, um, doing rewrites, and um, a lot of times I'll refer to my character in the third person, you know, um, just to just to I'll refer to myself in the third person, just to kind of um, uh, just to just the distance. Oh, we should take away Ken's line of this right. instead of like, oh, can you take away my line or can you give me a joke? You know, it's just like, oh, we should give Ken a joke here. We should take out a joke. And, and it's really important to kind of keep that, you know, um, uh, to keep, to keep that distance, you know, I, because you gotta, it's so, it, it's so important for me to be objective with my own, even with my own acting, my own role. And a lot of times in the edit room, cause I'm also involved in the editing, I will want to take out my jokes first cause we will have to trim jokes for time rather than the other characters because it's just so important that I think of the project as a whole, not just of me. Right, right. Spud. Yes? Did you hear what Ken just said? That would be a very wise course of action to pursue on a program. You know, the leader must think of others before himself when putting a show together. It's the right thing to do. Well, first of all, I am not starring in a network sitcom here. I know. I don't have a personal masseuse or hairstylist. I have to think of myself first, as who else will look out for me? But what Ken is saying is there's a responsibility one in your position must assume if a show's going to be successful. Now, I'm not saying you're selfish and are only concerned with yourself on this show, but... Well, well, well uh, what? Well, well, what? I think I'm generous with airtime on this show. Gina's allowed total freedom to laugh at any time she feels I've said something witty. I don't give her an ultimatum in her role as the designated laugher on the Spud Goodman show. You know, I could ask her to sound like most non-essential air staff at stations around this country who laugh when the host clears his throat or says something about the weather. She and she alone decides what particular thing I say is worthy of a laugh. You know, now, of course, I do expect a minimal amount of support from her. Like, right now would be a good time for at least a chuckle. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I get it, but just give some thought to what Ken said. I think it could only make this show better and certainly improve the morale of others on this program. I, I don't believe in giving out participation trophies for those doing inconsequential duties. Co-hosts are like fresh pepper on a salad at a restaurant. It's nice, I guess, but not a must-have thing. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that point. Yes, we will. So can I get back to Ken now? I have one or two more questions, if you don't mind. Well, you know, i got to ask at least one hangover question or my executive producer is going to write me up. So here goes. Did any, did any of the cast members in the second one get to take home the monkey on weekends? You know, because in grade school, kids got to do that so the animals don't get lonely while everyone's gone. <laughs> Crystal the monkey is a miracle. It's just a living miracle. She... They, they say you should never human, humanize animals that you're working with. Like, think of them as people. Yeah. You can't help that because Crystal could take better direction than me, oh. you know, on a set. Like, she was that amazing. And that, and, and she's such a gentle, she has such a gentle personality. I took my wife and kids to the trainer, Tom Gunderson's home, where they got to meet Crystal, like, about four years ago. And it was, uh, I was just looking at photos the other day of, of my kids with, with the monkey from The Hangover. Because she's also the monkey on Community. And also the monkey on Zookeeper. Dang. So I've worked with Crystal, I've worked with Crystal, this is like my third project working with her. Wow. So. All right. It, 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 yeah, she is like literally the most talented um, animal I've ever worked with, yeah. Super. Well, in terms of your work in comedy, you have assembled a pretty damn large body of, of work in a short period of time. Down the road, do you have any desire to switch direction and try a few dramatic roles? It didn't go well maybe for Jerry Lewis, but it's worked out, you know, okay for others. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, actually, I, I would. I mean, there's there's a film that not a lot of people have seen, but it's called Advantageous, where it's actually um, where I produced and I have a small dramatic role in, and it's nominated for an Independent Spirit Award. Oh, um, and and it's uh, yes, I definitely. In a word, yes, I definitely would love to do more dramatic roles, and um, uh, but I also know that. Look, I'm I'm best in comedy. I know what I can do right. in comedy, and, and and there's another gear that I'm able to switch. But it is lovely when I'm able to do a dramatic role to push myself to that level. And and it's so funny. Uh, we, we did an episode that has not been seen yet. Uh, we just finished filming it a few days ago. That's probably it's definitely the most emotional Dr. Ken episode we've ever shot. But it's also. Um, there's some unexpected moments. Probably the, one of the greatest moments in my acting career is something that we filmed on Dr. Ken, and and um, it, it was pretty amazing. All right, super. Well, I know you got stuff to do, so I'll let you go, but uh, I want to remind my listeners that... You know, now that you discussed Ken being a doctor and also dipping his toe into show business, I remember now the time when I ran into my dentist at the farmer's market on a weekend. He was selling his homemade applesauce, and I was so surprised to see the guy who has drilled on my teeth since I was in high school selling his wares openly as a civilian. I, I, yeah. I never looked at him the same way again, really. I, a matter of fact, Shortly thereafter, I switched dentists. Uh, I had actually bought three or four bottles of his applesauce, and my wife and I both came down with a bad case of food poisoning. Yeah, I tell you, I sure hugged the toilet for a good 12 hours straight. That is messed up, yo. Uh, yeah, that's, that's way too much information. I do not well, need to know about your incidents of intestinal distress. I hate applesauce. It reminds me of having to eat that Gerber crap when I was little. My mom fed me that stuff until I was in second grade. Oh, dear. I'm sure your mother had the best of intentions. Gerber products are thought to be quite nutritious. Oh, I love Gerber products. You know, I often buy a few bottles of stewed carrots or apricots for myself when I go to the grocery store. They are really? very tasty, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, they're oh, good. I'm, gross. I'm not even going to respond to that. Okay, now let's play my interview with our musical guest on that episode, Mirror Gloss, and their live performance in the studio. Dave? All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest tonight. Mirror gloss. Please, Hi. Yeah, please state your name and your favorite Jonas brother. And if you have to Google that, I can wait. Uh, this is Naja Monique. What? I don't. I don't know any of the Jonas brothers. <laughs> That's for the record. I'm Dell, and I like Joe because he's kind of hot. All right. I'm Danny and uh, uh, Sigmund. Yeah, Sigmund. All right, super. Uh, we'll give our listeners a basic description of the mirror gloss sound. Oh, we're an electro-pop band. Um, lots of different influences, some rock and roll, a little bit of funk, but mostly like electronic kind of dance music. Very wide sound. So you bring the funk. I'm ready for that. All a right. little bit. You know, All we right. got a softer side, too. Super. Uh, well, what band or musician's records do you guys find necessary to have around at all times just in case of an emotional emergency where you you know need a pick-me-up or maybe something to wallow in i need Bowie. some jeff buckley i'm um, definitely jeff buckley disclosure okay um bowie bowie, bowie for sure yeah bowie. um i'm gonna say kimbra like, yeah dfa artists like um lcd sound system yeah, any, Ghost. anybody oh, yes. on dfa yeah. and uh definitely bowie. um bowie <laughs> you know we definitely got to have our seattle people so some fly moon royalty yeah, maybe absolutely. some wiscon oh yeah yeah we got a few bands up yeah. there and twin and shadow Tacoma bands too like lozen i love and some elliot live oh yeah yeah, yeah they're all good who knew super well on your bio i noticed food sex and makeup are listed as areas of interest are yeah. they in that order or i myself use a little blush but i would be like fifth or sixth on my list <laughs> i mean food and sex is kind of interchangeable depending on like if you're horny or if you're hungry so those at any point could move <laughs> either way well, okay. I'm always horny, All right, I'm super <laughs> yeah well what, what's the band's take on wall street greed a good or bad thing um that's not good man you know i mean it was good to the world if only like a part of us have Stuff. It's not good because I'm not in Wall Street. So yeah. <laughs> okay. exactly, you share the wealth. That's man. for the record. All right, super. Well, give us the title of the first song you're going to do. Uh, we're going to do uh, uh, "Test My Heart." Super. Let's do it. All right. 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. They were and are today really talented. Catch Mirror Gloss live if you ever have the chance. Uh, okay, now we're going to go back to more of the Swingers episode. You know, Accordion Joe is still holding on the phone. Do you want to speak really? with him? Um, yeah, yeah, put him back on. Hey, Joe, you still there? Uh, yes, I am. You know, the least you could do for callers who are holding the, on the line to speak to you, you yeah, stud, yeah. is to have some music or something for people to listen to. I mean, it was hard to stay awake. Don't we have the show going on in the background while people are waiting to go on the air? Check on that. Don't we? Yeah, but I never listened to your show. Now that, that was funny. Yeah, and that oh. continues to bug the hell out of me. You are the orchestra of the show. I mean, yeah, we used a tape version of you, you know, nowadays, but, you know, you're, where's the team spirit? Well, if you let me call in more, maybe I would listen to the damn show. So, hey, do you want to know more about this social club I mentioned I earlier on I the air? I don't know. I guess it would be okay to say this on the radio, as these places are all around the country. You know, if you're not talking about service clubs, then what are you referring to? Well, most people call these places swingers clubs. Well, oh, wow. I am not a swinger. Not at my age. I used to be, you know sort of hip in my early 20s. I mean, I own like, well, two or maybe even three pairs of Beetle boots. And then guess what happened? Bam! I got drafted. Swingers Club? Seriously? I don't know. I mean, I may be too old for those places at this point. Is, is there some kind of looks requirement, you know, for people being allowed into one of those places? I have no clue. See, that's the great part about them. I'm a little bit older than you are. Yeah? But no one ever said a word about it to me. As far as physical looks go, well, yeah, how should I put this? Let's just say, of all the guys that I saw, not none of them are exactly hunks. Right. I mean, most of them have huge beer guts and not much hair at all. Well, on their heads. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. So why would any woman want to join a club that had all old, bald, fat dudes? Well, I didn't say the women were supermodels or anything. But they sure were better looking than the guys there. Spud, you might even be thought to be kind of, well, attractive. Really? Uh, you know, I can't guarantee that. But, you know, I saw a ton of guys who were oh, worse looking than you. Okay, is this an invitation-only type of club, though? I mean, I've never been invited to join any clubs before. I mean, would you have to, like, vouch for me for me to get in? Uh, Spud, I, I've got to jump in here and say, participating in one of those orgies at a swingers club, that's only going to end on a sad note, yeah, I promise. probably true, but right now I don't have many other options. Hey, Joe, do you want to stay on hold for just a bit longer as I have to get back to the show? And, and if not, just give the information about this to our interns, and, and I'll, I'll follow up on it when I get home later. Nah, I'll just stay on hold. No problem. Um, oh, by the way, could you tell the guys at the board, though, to mute the show? Good call, yo. Thanks. Yeah, hey, hey, guys, mute the show is accordion Joe, I guess, is going to stay on hold. Well, but I'd like to state right now that I don't feel real comfortable discussing intimate adult matters here live on the air. Uh, my <laughs> wife is Yeah, listening. okay, I get it. I don't either, really, but and tell Joe we're going to hang up on him now, because you know he would stay on hold for a couple days if we asked. The guy loves talking on the phone. Just just get the information about that swingers deal, you know, before we get rid of Well, I'll ask the interns to tell him that we're going to be terminating the call. But, you know, he'll probably keep calling back. So I feel we need to utilize the contingency plan. What do you think? Well, it's kind of cold to block the calls from this show's orchestra. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead and block them. But maybe we can take it off in a few weeks. All right, consider it done. You know, the thought of actually going to one of those places he was mentioning both intrigues and disgusts me. You know, I, I don't know if... I guess maybe I should ask Joe if there's a dress code or something and if it's maybe okay to splash on a bunch of you know, English leather maybe or something before I go. <laughs> I like to smell nice, but, you know, it's probably one of those fragrance-free zones like all work environments are these days. I mean, what's yeah. going on with the world? I'm not Everybody's fond so of... so freaking picky. I don't like cologne anymore, especially in everyday life. Special occasions Lines. only, anniversaries and date nights with my wife. Gerald, your wife appreciates you occasionally smelling nice. But just remember you still need each week to shower once or twice. And while you're at it, do a thorough check for head lice. 
Look, I don't need that kind of marriage minutia, okay? Well, I'm just saying that is what's appropriate for romantic occasions. It's not necessarily okay for everyday life. Well, so can I ask, if no one would ever find out, if you could be totally anonymous, would you consider going to a swingers club? This is off the record. Well, Spud, we're on the air right now, and no, absolutely, I would never entertain the thought of patronizing an establishment such as that. Well, you know you could, like, wrap yourself up in saran wrap or something before you went in. Mm. I know you're such a freaking germaphobe. <laughs> you could also spray yourself with Lysol, you know, if you had, like, serious bodily contact with others. Uh, can we please change the subject here, Spud? I, I... Again, totally an inappropriate conversation to have on a radio show. <laughs> I don't know about inappropriate, Inappropriate. but it does, well, it does seem a little bit tawdry. I'm not referring to that swinger scene, but how desperate you seem to be on this episode, Spud. I know you are a highly sexual person, but you come off as so pitiful. Pitiful? I was just exploring my options at that time, and there's no shame in exploring an alternative lifestyle. You had me at hello. Yeah, it sounded like a viable, you know, option at the time. Okay, maybe it wasn't, but, you know, you live and learn. I'm so glad I found the woman of my dreams. Dorothy, I'm counting the days until our wedding. Oh, as am I, honey. Uh, You know, yeah, you two are a cute couple, but I still cannot endorse your relationship given the fact that one of you is past your childbearing years. I I mean, marriage was given to us by our Heavenly Father so we could procreate. Hey, hey, don't look down on my aunt just, you know, because she's chosen not to have kids. That's a personal decision. For the record, we haven't totally closed the door on that topic. I will admit, I enjoy being the main focus of Dorothy, and I might have some difficulty adjusting to her spending time with our children. I'm still working through this with my therapist, and yeah, I'm not embarrassed to say on the air that I see a shrink sometimes. Um, hey, I've been seeing a therapist since before your parents were even out of middle school, Chance. You know, I'm a big proponent of therapy. It's a huge part of my life, yeah. Uh, for sure. So we'll just let's, why don't we get back on track and play my uh, interview with actress and singer Kate Flannery. You know, most people on earth know her as Meredith Palmer from The Office, but there's so much more. You know, there's just so much more. So maybe this interview will uh, bring some of that up. Uh, Dave, hit it. Please say hello to actress, comedian, and vocalist Kate Flannery. Welcome to our show. How are you? Not, not too bad. Uh, so, uh, Kate, before we get into uh, anything about your uh, time on The Office, let's discuss your new project. You have a new film out. Uh, it's hitting movie screens nationwide, The Fourth Man Out. It's gotten some good buzz, though uh, I'm no expert on buzzing. But for the record, I, I guess it's got good reviews, right? It has. Actually, we were just in Seattle with the movie um, for the festival this past spring. We were there. We had a great time. Oh, super. Um, yeah, yeah. How many uh, sequels? How many sequels for The Fourth Man uh, out do you think is going to be realistic? Well, I guess three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Four, three, two, one. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's, a t- great, uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I guess time will tell, but uh, all right. Um, <laughs> so, Kate, you were a member of uh, Second City's national touring company. Did you ever yes. find yourself saying to yourself on stage, I have now got my doctorate in comedy. Maybe I should give drama a shot with, say, the actor's studio. <laughs> Um, I love doing comedy. It's so fun. I mean, drama is fun too, but it's it's not as much fun. Comedy is uh, it's ener- it energizes, it heals. You know, it's it's like you know, laughter is medicine. And I think that you know, you can tell a lot of stories in drama, but I feel like they're they're they're, they're you know, they're just coated. They're coated nicely. It's just a, like a little. You know, it's it's like a little sugar with your with your medicine. It's fantastic. Comedy's the best. All right, well, let's broach the subject of one Meredith Palmer from The Office. Would you describe your character as sexually liberated in addition to dealing with chronic alcoholism? Uh, I would just call her a drunken floozy. That's okay, me. But uh, if you want to get down and dirty, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess there's a clinical term for it. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting how many... Um, 
how many people have said, oh, I know, there's a Meredith in my office, oh, I know a Meredith, or like, I've actually had women come up to you and say, I'm the Meredith of my office, and I feel like they're so loud and proud that it must be true. <laughs> well, in your portrayal, uh, and I, I guess you were a role model, uh, did they give you the backstory, uh, or did you add to that uh, when you took on the role? You know, it was developed over time, but it was it was written in. I mean, I I'm, I'm I know I've made some uh, improvisational choices along the way, but it was written. It really was. Okay. All right. Super. Yeah. Well, when you guys and my shot- dad owned a bar in Philadelphia, so you know, I, my dad owned a bar and oh. an Irish bar, and I'm sure that I you know may have mentioned it to the writers. I mean, who knows? I think it was just in the zeitgeist. Okay, well... Hey, hey, Spud. Yes? You know, the family and I have watched a few episodes of The Office, and I must say, my wife had this visceral reaction whenever your guest here would come on the screen. Uh, Kate, just one moment. <laughs> visceral? Yeah. What does that mean again? It's, it's not laughing? I, I don't... It's Kate was hilarious on that show as Meredith Palmer. Well, maybe so, but Rachel felt there might be a Meredith in our studio. Now, I've told her many times, what? no rampant promiscuous sexual activity is going on here, but, well... She's the jealous type, you know? Well, I wish it was. This place is like a monastery. Yeah. Tell her to just chill, dude. <laughs> Easier said than done, Spud. I just made it a point to switch the channel when her character came on the screen. Then you missed some of the best scenes on The Office. She killed it. Well, I know, but it just wasn't worth the mental anguish. Whatever. You know? Just let me get back to Kate. When you guys uh, shot wintertime exterior scenes on the show in L.A., just how hot was it for you to have to wear all the warm clothing? Did you, did you have to, like, <laughs> nail the scenes in one or two takes before the fake snow melted? Uh, you know, well, actually, the fake snow would last for hours. Like, they were really good about it. Um, it's a whole crazy system. I guess it's almost like putting an ice rink on just the parking lot floor, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and then they did have, like, a snow blaster, which I'm sure they use on like ski slopes. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's a champagne problem. It really is. <laughs> really? Um, well, go Yeah, on. well, you know, I mean, you're getting paid, you're getting paid to, to act, so, you know, you better act. It's, it's not digging ditches, that's for sure. We, we actually had a pretty easy... You had a, uh, a little bit of experience dealing with cold weather, I guess, in the real world, so it must have been a piece of cake for you. You know, you grew up in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Absolutely. Right. I'm from Philadelphia. I lived in New York. I lived in Chicago for five years. You know, I think... You just have to dress for it, you know. You just take care, you know. And you know, in Seattle, you guys get a lot of weather. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Um. Well, the cast of The Office have gone on to a variety of projects, as most all of you are working now in film. It's a more nomadic life than doing a series. But I'm guessing it's a blast to be playing so many different characters now. It is. I, I do miss having a regular schedule. It was a little more um, uh, sane. But my insanity has been great fun, so I'm really not complaining. I'm also touring with Jane Lynch in her live show yeah. uh, called yeah. DJ and Sing. And I have my comedy act, The Lampshades, and we've been touring as well. We, we were actually just up at the Bumbershoot Festival we played in September, oh. which was a blast. Yeah, The Lampshades. We had a great time. And, uh, God, what a great festival that is. You guys really know how to do it. You really do. Yeah. Such a blast. Well, yeah. As a yeah. Vocal, let me hit you with this as a vocalist. Let's dig a little deeper. Uh, I, I was I was familiar we were working with with Jane's uh, live show, but way back, let's let's turn the clock back a bit. You were in the band Monopuff. Uh, that they, you know, <laughs> yes, they might I was. be. Yeah, they might be Giants. John Flansburg's side project, right? Yes, yes. We actually used to open for the for they might be Giants all the time in New York. It was a blast. That was such a great couple years. I, we had the best fans and. Um, you know, there's only two Monopuff records, um, but boy, um, the music was so much fun. And you know, those 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 giants—they're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they might be giants. It's like they have really—they're such bright, smart musicians. They're really awesome. Yeah, we had them on our show way back. Uh, John, John, great guy, just a great guy. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna close. You this. really do your homework, don't you? I'm impressed. Yeah, it's, I got nothing else to do. What am I gonna do? I, I got I to do something. So, I write a few it's questions. Funny. I actually, I wanted to tell you, I also have another movie that's coming out on Netflix this week called Tenured. It was oh. at the uh, Tribeca Film Festival. I played an assistant principal that's trying to get this fifth grade teacher fired, but she can't because he's got tenure. He's uh, recently divorced, and he's telling his fifth. He's actually treating his fifth grade class like they're his therapist. So. <laughs> It's really goofy, but it's really fun, right, and it's super. called Tenured, and it's on Netflix. You don't have to get up. You can just hit your remote and watch it. I can do that. I, I will that. check it out. <laughs> All right, super. Well, Kate, I'm going to close this interview with my stock question. Yeah. What's been your most yeah. memorable moment uh, 
in your case, uh, in showbiz to this point? Um, gosh, there have been so many. It's hard to really pick one, but... Um uh, oh, you know, I'm going to say when The Office won um, uh, Emmy for first comedy for uh, best comedy. When we won, it was so surreal. It was such a life changing moment to have, you know, basically your your name called and you get to walk up on stage. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's insane. That was the most life changing. <laughs> Just um, it really doesn't get any better than that, you know. All right, super. Well, let me remind people. You know. Back when I was working at the Seattle Demolitions Firm, where I started out my career, I was kind of known to be a bit like Meredith, Kate's character on The Office. I'm not ashamed to say I tended to drink a bit too much and was sexually active, you might say. Hmm. I had the time of my life, though, and I have no desire to ever return to that phase of my life. Uh, I sure don't judge others who choose that path. Mrs. Jarvitz, do you mean to say that you were a bit of a drunken floozy in your younger years? <laughs> uh, that is quite upsetting. You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb uh, let he or she cast that first or, or, or second brick, you know, if they themselves have not gotten a little out of control themselves, you know, in their younger years. Oh, oh, I really didn't make any major lifestyle changes until my early 50s, bud. And oh. now with my upcoming marriage to chance, well, I find that limiting it to a few cocktails is enough these days. And of course, I am 100 percent satisfied in the bedroom. So why yeah, okay. would I return to yeah. what was then a pretty darn fun life? It wouldn't make sense for me now, though. And I am grateful that I do satisfy you. When you tell me I'm more than enough man for you, it makes me very happy. Yeah, you know, two of my prior wives told me that line, you know, while they were, uh, I later found out, you know, at least mentally shopping for my eventual replacement. You know, Mrs. Jarvitz, it does make me feel better that you have turned your back on what was, I am sure, a very dark period in your life. Soon, you'll be able to satisfy your carnal cravings within the bounds of marriage, and let me tell you, it will be worth the wait, as there's nothing more beautiful than a sexual intercourse with your spouse as God meant it to be. Yeah, I don't know about god but dorothy is more than enough for me uh, yeah you had me at hello uh a sexual intercourse what the hell is well, anyway okay yeah. I've, I've heard enough about carnal cravings well, let's move on to my interview with jim brewer uh, everyone remembers jim from snl you know this guy can do so many voices and impersonations he's like a comedy machine uh dave run the segment so say hello to actor, comedian, radio host, and now rock singer Jim Brewer. Thanks for calling in, man. Ah, oh, man, pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I'm like the um, I don't know, Forrest Gump of entertainment, I guess. You, ah, you are. Well, you're now out on the road with the Marriage Warrior tour. So, do you find yourself like stuck in your hotel room a whole lot watching like old Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and Ally McBeal reruns? Because people think the life of a stand-up is glamorous, but it can get really, really boring for you guys too, right? <laughs> well, years ago, I was. Years ago, I was bored. I would numb myself. I would walk around. I was uh, definitely into the greenage. Where nowadays, you know, I got a family, and when I'm out of the house, it's business, business, business. So if I'm on the road, I'm not just hanging out in the hotel room. I'm writing my next project. I'm writing and preparing what I'm going to do that night. I'm already working on um, another project for a couple months from now. So I'm. To me, it's like my office is now my hotel room, and I also like people watching. So I, I walk around a lot. Whatever, whatever place I'm at, I walk around a lot, and people watch. I like hitting the local cafes, the local coffee shops, and just sit and people watch. And so I get a grasp of what's going on there. All right, that's impressive. All right, well, do you still do your regular radio show on Sirius Fridays with Jim Brewer, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on no. the Raw Dog Channel? No, you're done with that? No, 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 done with that. I do a podcast now called The Metal in Me. Well, let's talk and, about uh, that, yeah. So, yeah, I but, have a lot of rock. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, did you? Let, let me just talk about that podcast because I wanted to ask you about that. Because uh, you did have yeah. a podcast called The Mets and More, and now you got The Metal in Me, a podcast you're doing. So baseball and heavy metal music are the two most favorite things in your life, maybe, besides your family? I'm picking that up. That's my passion, baby. Baseball and hard rock and metal. That is, that's my power alley. If I'm stuck on an island and they just have a hard rock, if they have Old Van Halen, ACDC, Priest, Metallica, Scorpions, Ozzy, Sabbath, Maiden, and there's a ball field where I can play. That's it. I'm in heaven. Oh. It's over. I don't need anything else. Super. All right. Say, Spud, have what? you have you thought of doing a podcast? You know, I hear they're very popular these days. Well, at least the ones about murderers and army deserters. Hello. After this show airs on all the stations that carry us, it magically becomes a podcast on iTunes. <gasps> How I don't know exactly. You know, I guess I'd have to call that Geek Squad to explain it to me, but I don't know. I I don't either. But I read that by 2020, just about every living being on Earth is going to have their own podcast. Oh my God! Is that a good thing? Well. I don't know, but by that time, I'm going to be done with this business and hanging out at a, a rest stop somewhere during the day. I'll probably, like, try a different one each, each I don't know, during the week. Check him out, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be checking out Jim's podcast right now, though, as he's never boring like we are on our podcast. Wait, so we aren't boring on the radio show, but we are on the podcast? Well, I can only go on what my people tell me. Actually, it was only about you being boring, to be honest. Uh, they said I was pretty good. But it's the same exact show. How can I be entertaining on the radio show and then be boring on the podcast? It doesn't make any sense. Well, life is often confusing, man. But I had to get back to Jim now. Okay, Jim, I'm back. Sure, 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 sure. So, uh, you know, you're in a select company of comedians, in my opinion. It's obvious, really. Uh, you can destroy doing impersonations. You know, many try, but few are really able to hit it out of the park with each attempt. But, you know, for those listeners who are not aware of your skill level, can you do, like, just a hello as Joe Pesci and maybe a goodbye as, as Lars from Metallica? Well, first of all, I, people don't even know who I am anymore. I'm sitting, I'm trying to tell people... I was in Goodfellas and everything. Now these kids that come up to me and they say, it's the Snickers commercial guy. Like, dude, let me tell you something. If, if Metallica wasn't part of a whole San Francisco scene, most likely we would mostly end up in Seattle. I'd have to say, you know, that's where my good friend Jerry Cantrell's from, huh? Huh? And I don't understand why we didn't get on the Super Bowl this year. I had to watch Beyonce. I mean, what was that? Yeah, well said. Uh, I, I think it's strong madness if you ask me. There's no reason why a Brit should have been part of the old Super Bowl, you know. It just made no sense. <laughs> well, the metal thing now, let's talk about this. You're now in an actual band that's putting out a record, right? You're the vocalist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes out the end of May. May 27th is uh, the tentative release date. And yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's a good rock, hard rock album. Um, um, if you like the old 80s metal style, I think you're really going to enjoy this. Super. All right. Yeah. Um, well, for a second, let's touch uh, on your uh, four seasons on SNL, because I always felt you got screwed with the airtime thing. It was tough to get your, you know, I'm guessing it was tough to get your stuff on the air each week, right? It was really tough. It's that you're competing against 10, 12 cast members and about 25 writers that also want to get their sketches on. So yeah, it was it was definitely a grind. I, I really loved being there, um, but it was yeah, it was hard, man. It was it was definitely hard. And I was young, and I really I was really young in the industry, so you're still trying to figure yourself out. Plus, there's a lot going on. A lot going. If I were to do it now, I'd probably slay and you wouldn't be able to get me off the air right right i have no doubt about that uh well let me, let me hit you with a goat boy question did you did you develop that way back in like junior high because you would have ruled the school with just a few seconds at like lunch or at assemblies or something i ruled the roost uh 18 years old that's how we used to go get free drinks i would do different characters every single time we go to but we'd go see um rock bands in Brooklyn where, where, which was close to me, this place called Lamore East and all these other rock, and I would pretend I was Australian and I was part of ICDC's road crew and I would pretend one week that I was um, a vagabond that just came here from 
England and I ran away and, and one of the characters was a goat boy where I pretended I had a Tourette's and we would drink for hours for hours they're just like here's to the goat guy I'm like oh man yeah, thanks man thank you very much and I'd only do it when I was around women because I, I I pretended that's when the the tick would come is when I was nervous and uh, and then the one night we were singing to the jukebox start spreading the news and I just remember slaying that bar I, I don't think I ever seen people laugh so hard in my life but some people really bought into it and we drank free and that's where that whole crazy thing started Dang, it kills. It still kills, you know. You can do like an hour of that. But anyway, um, so uh, on tonight's show, we've been discussing uh, swingers clubs. You know, what's your take on that? I know you're happily married, but, you know, they're kind of a safe harbor for unattractive people. So that does present an opportunity for me, Spud Goodman. So you got any take on those things? Hey, whatever rocks your boat. And if that rocks your boat, and if I was in that predicament, um, I'm sure I'd enjoy that world. I, I don't see... You know, I'm married with kids, so that's completely off my radar. But if I wasn't, if I wasn't, uh, yeah, sounds like a lot of fun if you ask me. All right. I'm writing that down. Well, let me ask you my last question. It's my money question. Uh, What's been your most memorable moment, and in your case, comedy, in the the comedy biz? What's been your most memorable moment? Um... My memorable moments come more in the rock world. Okay. Where, where I mean, Saturday Night Live had a few. There's a lot. So being part of the movie Half Baked. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to rap one is really hard. It's, you know, watching George Carlin live and Richard Pryor doing a guest set right before he passed away. Right. Those are those are moments, even though I wasn't performing, that I got to see my gods, Sam Kinison. When I when I see my influences of my god, Eddie Murphy when he was eighteen, I got to see him live. Those moments are bigger than any of my standout comedy moments. Hey, I, I really appreciate you taking uh, time to call in tonight, and uh, I just want to say uh, thank you. All right. No, thank you. All right, super. Take it easy. Uh, Mr. Jim Brewer. Uh, It must be difficult for Jim's wife. Well, I I don't know if he's married, but whoever he spends time with must have to be on their toes at all times, given you never know who he would be speaking as. I mean, how disconcerting would it be to hear maybe the voice of Scott Baio or say Tom Selleck, the first thing in the morning when you haven't fully woken up. That would be so cool to do, you know, when the romantic moment was right with a woman. Come on. I mean, you know, just just starting, you know, like riffing as uh, like Brad Pitt or George Clooney. I would make up for any of my limitations in the bedroom as women love to be entertained. I have read that on multiple play and, you know, all sorts of places on the Internet everywhere. Yeah, but no matter how much you distract any woman with a sexy voice you'd still have to deliver if you know what i mean i'm pretty sure that would be a problematic area for you spud so why pause to take a pill oh yeah well no need to belittle him just be grateful for your own gifts and maybe lay off throwing him in the face of men a bit older than you all yeah, right. You know, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, okay, now, so let's let's get to the close of this episode now. I think Accordion Joe uh, stayed on hold the, through the whole show, and we, we had to deal with them before, you know, we signed off. Uh, Dave, run it. Uh, but they're saying Accordion Joe is evidently still on the line. Really? The, the intern said they couldn't hang up on him. I guess they think he has some technology that lets him have control over terminating calls. Well, you know, he hangs out at Radio Shack all the time. They must oh. have sold something to him. Is he threatening to do something if we don't put him on the air? Not that I know like of. Like he always does? I don't think so. No tantrums? No, right. Not that I know. Well, did uh, did the interns get that information about those places he was mentioning? I, I mean, uh, not that I didn't ever really go there. You know, if I did, it was just be for research purposes. You know, so I can learn about how depraved these people are. Right. Just put him back on the air, and I'll get rid of him. As we got to close the show now. Anyway. Uh, all right, Joe, are you still there? Hell yes, I am. And please, please never send an intern to do a man's job. 
bud. If you want to treat me like this... Look, I'll, I said I'll call you later tonight. Now, he did say that there were one of these places around this area, right? Because I'm not driving over to Spokane to investigate how decadent they actually are. Okay, okay. Before you discard listen, me like Listen, listen, I said I'll call you later. Have you given any thought to who might see you if you drop by one of these swingers clubs, bud? It could be your neighbor, your mailman, what? your dental hygienist. How embarrassing would it be for you to be sitting in a chair for an hour or so having your teeth cleaned by some woman who saw you participating in carnal activities with two or three other people? Gerald's got a point on this one. As something seen by others can't be undone. So spud a few seconds of carnal fun. It's just not worth the damage done. I never thought of running into any people I already knew. I just figured no one I knew would ever go to one of these clubs. Yeah, you know... They probably wouldn't believe I was there for research purposes and assume I was just another freaking horny older dude looking for some action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if we're being honest here, that would be an accurate assessment of this situation, Spud. If I could ask, how long has it been since you've been intimate with a woman? Well, You don't have to say it out loud. You can just hold up a hand. And, okay, so do make yeah. each finger it will represent a week. Yeah. Okay, no. Okay, hold them up. Well, now, Let's that's a new thing. Now you got two. Now you got both hands. Let's just up. change the subject. Okay, right now, Joe, on second thought, I might be driving over to the mountains, you know, and hang out with you next weekend in Spokane. How's that sound? Because no one knows me in Spokane, that's for sure. Okay, but I don't worry about being recognized myself. I mean, sex is a normal, healthy activity, even for older, unattractive, and obese people. I mean, come on, Spud. We all crave physical contact. All right, I got to go now, all right? I'll talk to you later. I got to go. Uh, I got to go. Hang up. Uh, Okay. All right, you bet. Bye. Wow. You were able to get him off the line. Yeah, he he knows there's like eight seconds left in the show. All right, I am Spud Goodman. Be all- hey, I want everyone to know that I never did meet up with Accordion Joe in Spokane, you know, to check out any of those swingers clubs there or, or anywhere else, you know, for that matter. It was it was just a little too... Mm, I don't know. How do I, how do I say this? Uh, like so 1978-ish. You know, the thought of being next to some dude with a mustache and probably a toupee, you know, while trying to to pursue my romantic interests, you know, just killed any desire to fulfill my needs in that manner. I just dropped it. You know, I'm so glad to hear that, Spud. I I really never knew for sure if you did, in fact, enter into a den of the flesh. This is good to know. Shut up. There are no guarantees of scoring, even at a swingers club. You could have easily struck out there too, and how depressing would that have been? Being left out and shunned at a swingers party. No need to go there, honey. He could have met some woman there who might have been attracted to him. You don't know for sure if he would have been shunned. Gee, thanks, Aunt Dorothy, for your optimism. You're welcome. You know, if I, you know, had tried out one of those gatherings, I'm confident I would have done just fine. I mean, if Accordion Joe can find someone there to to be with, I mean, why the hell couldn't I? No, I mean, I just, I just, you know, felt that there there are better ways, you know, to put a little spice in your life. That's what I've learned you know, since then. And this is that was this happened a way, you know, a while ago. What I've kind of figured out that dog parks uh, are are uh, very. Uh, um, target friendly. Let's put it that way. That is, this has worked out for me lately. I'm just saying there are a lot of lonely women with dogs. So I highly recommend it to, to everyone now listening. Oh, I don't know. Using a dog to facilitate a sexual intercourse outside of marriage. Well, it, it doesn't seem right to use an innocent animal for that purpose. Uh, why do you think they call dog you know, dogs are our man's best friend. Where do you, who do you think came up with that? Well, huh? A, a guy. Um, and both my own, uh, Gus and Stuart, the the two dogs I have right now, are the best wingmen ever. Um, yeah. So that's for the record. All right. So now I need to sign off as I have to pee. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye bye. You know, you really seem to have to urinate a lot, Spud. Have you seen a doctor about that? Oh, oh no, no, he's fine. Spud has always had to urinate frequently. Even as a little one, his mother used to have him carry a pop bottle with him when the family would drive somewhere. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I still do, but now it's more like, you know, it's mostly a beer bottle. You know, I mean, they're handy and they're in the car. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, Dorothy, I need to use the restroom myself. I'll just meet you in the car in a few minutes. Well, okay, sweetie. I'll put the heater on high for you. You know, I myself properly plan my bathroom needs. You know, schedule them. I try to urinate every three and a half hours, and I have it down like clockwork these days. Uh, on that really, really worthless item of information, I am out of here. What's worthless about setting up a schedule to urinate? I, I don't understand. Oh, no. Well, just let it go, Gerald. And we have to go, too. Bye. Yeah, later. The Spud Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production assistants Brian Martin, Trent Patello, and Amanda Tompkins. Video director T.J. Pites. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. The show's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. On-air talents Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, David Deere, Derek Schneider, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show podcast, copyright 2023, Spud Goodman Productions.